everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for tuning in. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing one of those educational things in advanced rider training. And our guest today is none other than Chris Bolger, who's the owner of TNT Motorcycling. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me. So you have been teaching for a long time. Give me a little bit of history on TNT and how long you've been around and what kind of courses you offer. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been around a long time. <laughs> I'm like 59 now. So I started riding in 78. So that's over 40 years. Uh, I was a self-taught guy at the beginning. So I just taught myself how to ride. I had lots of brothers, lots of people, as you know, the typical story of, you know, everybody's a friend in riding and then they all decide to get married or not ride anymore. And I just kept on going. So um, I remember when I met my wife, I said, you know, I'll always ride motorcycles. I don't care if we have kids or not. And we have three kids now. And they all, they all had to learn how to ride. So um, we're really a motorcycle family quite a bit. Um, I started teaching in 96. And then in 99, I started TNT. Um, I have a bit of a rehab background. So working with like aggressive behaviors, uh, group homes, that kind of stuff. So I just liked, I just wanted to create something a little bit different on how we teach instead of the top-down model, more center client, center client model. And then, you know, we were going for a while and I thought, well, you know, what makes me any different than anybody else? So I started taking courses around the world and I think I've got eight or nine different certificates on teaching different, different kind of how to ride motorcycles. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a BMW guy. I've, I've ride a GSA and an R90T. So it's kind of an off-road uh, kind of bike. Uh, I've ridden all around Canada, Central America, South America. Germany did a course uh, quite a few years ago in uh, Nigeria, right? Went over there with a, with and helped a group of riders over there. Uh, that was fun. And then uh, and I've done Iron Butts and uh, Southern California motorcycle rides, Four Corners. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. Didn't you just do one with your daughter that you guys documented on social media? Yeah, yeah. My youngest, Katrina, because you know. You, when you're the youngest of the family, you, you always feel like, you know, you can't do anything first. So, um, yeah, so she decided she was going to do, they call this triple crown ride, which means you do all the mission tours in California. Um, there's about 50 tours on the coast. It's really kind of a cool ride. And then, uh, so we did that ride and then we did the four corners. So every four corners in the USA you had to do under three uh, weeks. Uh, so she wrote that one and then we did the three flags, which is a ride from uh, Mexico to uh, Mexico, U.S. and up to Canada. She did that all in the same calendar year. So, yeah, she was the youngest. She was the youngest ever that we're aware of that did that ride. So And, yes. and you're one proud papa to have her right by you doing that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it was good. She's uh, I told her, I said, she's the only person that really, you know, makes my butt sore on a motorcycle now. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome um you brought up all of the courses and certificates that you had and this this is going to help us lead into advanced rider training but that's one thing that I've always respected about you Chris is you're a constant learner you're always going and learning 
the best way to teach others how to do stuff. And advanced rider training, that kind of plays into that because as somebody who's been riding for, I'm not going to date myself like you did, but for somebody, I, who's, somebody who's been riding for quite a while, I have never done an advanced rider training course. And I think that's something I should be doing every you know few years or so just to keep my skills sharp. Would you agree? Yeah. The hard, the hard part is, you know, for us, it's the environment that we live in. And, and when I go to all these other places, most places, uh, like I'll say, even in the U S you know, really hard for people to do anything past their basic license test. People get on the bikes, they start going and then they feel, well, there's nothing really I can learn too much. There are people that do it for sure, but it's a very small slice of everything because I, I, you know, I don't really know. I think it's sometimes I think it's because people are worried about, you know, being embarrassed that they don't know something or can't do something or, you know, or, or doing something wrong. And I always think to myself, well, that's the whole point of being advanced riding is to learn something new. And, you know, I ride differently now at this age that I did, you know, when my son does at 25, of course I do. I, my, you know, everything's changed. Age has changed you. Right. So of yeah. course. Absolutely. And I would be interested to see how many bad habits I've picked up over the years as well. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe I've been actually really good at this. But um, no, it's something I've I've definitely considered. Um pride is something that at my age now I've lost. So I'm not afraid to <laughs> look like an idiot out there. And I'm all about learning. So I I may have to come and do this and then write about it. But um Tell me a little bit about what you can expect in an advanced rider course. Oh man, I mean that's a that's a huge subject. <laughs> I think from I guess so so how we approach it, right? It goes back to why we started TNT and we approach it from what the person at the course is kind of there's two different ways. You could do like an advance with somebody individually, or you could put together like a group kind of a thing, right? Um, when you're doing it individually. It's, it's a lot easier because usually that person's more open to say, hey, I, you know, am I doing this right? Or am I doing that wrong? Or I wish I could, you know, I wish I could turn the bike better or I feel my balance isn't very good or my braking, whatever it is. So then you can just work on that person. So by the end of a couple hours, um, you know, usually, well, just about every time they walk away, feel like, man, I really learned a lot. And it's, and it's something that they can keep working on uh, in the riding to change it. When you're doing advanced in a group, it's a little bit harder because you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to hit the, hit the bullseye, but everybody else is, is on a different kind of playing field. So then you get into the, you know, the normal, okay, we're just going to do a braking exercise and then we're just going to do this exercise. Right. And realize here, especially in the prairies, um, I mean, we've got a very, you know, easy area to ride motorcycles in when it's summertime, of course, it's flat, it's straight. There's not a lot of curves, not a lot of hills, right? So our skills become, you know, very basic. And when you go to BC or go to Colorado or go to different places in the world, right? Then you start realizing, holy moly, like, man, there's a lot going on here, right? Something so simple as a U-turn. When you're U-turning here in North America, you've got all these huge wide roads. You go do a U-turn in Portugal and it's raining and they've got cobblestones and you're on a grade and you can't understand the language. All of a sudden you realize, man, my skills here aren't very good <laughs> because, you know, it's a different environment. So yeah. it's, a, it's a tough one. I think, you know, when I think about advanced riding, I always think, you know, the best thing you can do for yourself 
is, you know, take courses for sure, but you've got to get out and ride in different environments. That, that'll help you know where you are. So now you know what you have to work on a little bit. Yeah. Like for instance, when I blew off the road on my Daytona, getting back on a bike and in windy situations is hard. And, uh, cause you don't want to blow off the road again, but you got to right. get out in those environmental changes and force yourself to learn how to ride in them again and get comfortable again. Right. Right. And that's a, you know, and that's just so we, we just had such a brutal, cold, wet, windy couple of days here. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were out with some students and it's wind is a, is a very funny thing with people, with riders. Right. And, you know, if you really think about it and you really test it, wind doesn't affect the motorcycle that much. It's the motorcycle has all these areas where the wind can go through. What happens is they, the wind catches the rider. You can't go through the rider. So what happens is the rider gets starts to get pushed around. Then they get worried and they start holding on to the handlebars. And as they're holding on tighter and tighter, of course, they're they're becoming more locked to the bike, which means now that when the wind pushes me, I push on the handlebar and then the bike starts moving around. And then I get more worried and then more worried. And then all of a sudden I've got, you know, a problem, right? Yeah, it's that energy that keeps feeding through you into your bike. It's like a right. dog on a leash. It's the same same thing, except for a motorcycle doesn't have a, well, some people would say it has a pulse, but. Right, <laughs> um, right. But that's a good a good segue into using your motorcycle as a tool in different ways. I, I know you talk about that. Can you explain that a little bit? That's a tool as far as, you know, just being good at it, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's similar to... You know, I guess if I'm not a carpenter, I don't I don't know much about a hammer. So I hold on to a hammer and hit hit a nail, right? But I know there's you know you can buy like I think three or four hundred dollar hammers, which is kind of weird to me. But if you're a carpenter, obviously you're looking at that tool in a di- totally different way than I would look at it, and you're probably gripping, using it, and swinging it way different, even though you're still hitting a nail like I'm hitting a nail. So you know when you look at a motorcycle as a tool, I always think to myself, you know, you've got to you know not only you got to become part of it. Right. You know, but you've got to understand and be the right tool for you. I mean, you know, it's 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 common for people here just to get, you know, the biggest, shiniest bike they can at the very beginning. No matter what size they are, they just get the big bike. Right. And I always think to myself, man, like now it's like me carrying a big sledgehammer around trying to, you know, hit a little nail when I don't even know anything about, you know, carpentry. You know, yeah. so I always think, man, and then, the, you know, then they're, then the rider starts saying, well, I'm having troubles, right? I'm having troubles with this or that. And you go, well, because you know, you're not really fitting the machine, right? It's kind of like, it's like, it's like being a kid and putting on your, your mom's, you know, high heels and trying to run around. It doesn't work too good, right? Because everything's just too big. And, and, and it goes the other way is too. You can have really huge people like big guys or big women really tall and then they're on a small bike and then they're cramped up they can't do anything so yeah it's it's important to try to you know get things to fit for you best you can right absolutely so with that and then we talked a little bit about you know environment as as riders progress through their riding career do you think there is um Sometimes we forget about our rider awareness and making sure that environment around us is is good. Like, where do you think we may become complacent as advanced riders or uh, riders who are who have been on the road for a long time? Right. Yeah. And that's and that's a and that's a common thing for everybody. It happens to me. It'll happen to everybody. It's you know, 
we know the term is distracted driving, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're first starting out, I mean, your your distraction is just trying to get the clutch out, trying to get the brakes, and they're telling you, look where you're going. You're like, oh, I'm just focused on the task of trying to get this machine to work. And then once you kind of get through that and get going, then, then you know, at the beginning, it's all like, oh, i got to be careful. And then you become complacent, right? You're like, oh, everything is good. I mean, when I did that little trip with my daughter, um, and she's a very good rider, and she's usually quite, you know, quite on the game but you know when you ride long distances you do it day after day and you're doing stuff i mean it's easy to become distracted and that's where the little habits you know you've got to keep with something so simple as a shoulder check before you go before you stop meaning that if you're not doing it then you're really thinking about something else yeah absolutely and or you know paying attention for that wildlife out there you get so distracted by the beautiful scenery whether you're a new rider have been out there for a long time and it's like oh yeah i should be looking for deer or right right you know. yeah, yeah you should be doing that scanning and you know i ride with some people who are trained in the uk and he's a very very good rider and um you know we were out in bc last year and um i was behind his wife so it was the third bike and I just seen a, uh, something in the bush. I think it was a, a moose, actually, a, like, a, like a young moose in the bush. And it just kind of moved. And it moved just as it was passing him. We're about two or three seconds gapped out. And um, his wife was there. And I was just ready on the intercom to say, hey, Pauline, right? And uh, then she said right away, I heard her right away, say moose, right? Like something's over there. And then when we stopped, Don was like, I didn't see no moose. And he was really pissed off because <laughs> he thought it as well how come i didn't see that i should have been observing i should have been this i should have been that i said well i don't think you would have seen him it would have been like right 90 degrees like on your peripheral vision maybe but those kind of things i thought to myself after i seen how he reacts i thought there's a guy who really focuses on not being distracted yeah and marty you know? marty our vp he's been riding a lot longer than i and we were out once last year um after i picked up the scrambler and uh we were very focused on this weird reaction with vehicles that were on this two-lane highway we were on but i noticed the deer in the ditch and one was almost running side by side with marty at one point and when we stopped he likes to play the game how many how many animals did you see Right, <laughs> because he he like he's so good at spotting all that he didn't see them, but I right. did, and right. it was like, and we weren't connected by our Cenas at that time because we couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole course on its own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So just a, a reminder out there, advanced rider training. You're thinking like it probably would be better to go one on one, right? Because then you can work on your specific needs. Yeah, one-on-one or like we do this course in the mountains because there's no place you can find around here. So the closest roads that we can find is like in Mayette or Edith Cavell in Jasper, like for us to get to where now you're dealing with hills and curves and stuff. So that works really well because that now we've got an environment to work Mm with, right? Um, so that's a good course to take. And I always think it's really good to take a course for the people you ride with, if you can, like, I mean, like if there's like a couple people you ride with steady, that's nice. Right. Cause then, then I think people are a little bit more open to be honest with themselves. Right. Because they know the people, right. With and them. you can grow together as the group. Yeah. You know, yeah, the trio you or, to, yeah. exactly, exactly. Like we had, I had a couple of years ago, I had a husband and wife, uh, team, right. Which is all right. 
And he was a like a very large man. And she was a very, you know, petite lady. And, you know, you know, we we're working on different stuff. He was working on his stuff and I can work with, you know, her and her stuff at the same time, right? Everybody's working at their own levels. That's the good thing about a, a good instructor. They can deal with different people's skills and yet not allow somebody to feel they kind of waste their time or they're not learning or it's too advanced. Like it's a bit of a trick, right? Yeah. But uh, they were doing good. And then I said, okay, well, let's go into to Jasper and we're just going to go into wider roads, like more open roads. And then I said to him, I said, uh, uh, when you guys kind of go, right? Like, you know, who usually leads and who follows, right? Or do you switch it up? And he's like, well, no, most of the time I'm leading. And she's like, yeah, most of the time, you know, I'm kind of following, right? Just because that's how we like it. I'm like, oh, okay. I, and I said to her, I said, so how easy is it to see past him? And she's like, she goes, oh, no, it's not. His, his, you know, he takes up a lot of room. I said, I know I've ridden behind him. Like he's a big man on a big bike. There's a lot of, you know, and it's hard not to fixate on the person in front of you. Right. And then he looked at her and like, what? Like he was just gobsmacked. He's like, what do you mean you can't see? I'm like, well, you're a big, big guy, man. Then he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought there's something that now, and he said, we'll have to change it up now that I'm aware of that. Right. And I thought to myself, now there is something that's going to get them a big positive change, right? Yeah. And they'll probably, probably run a lot better that way because then everybody's more comfortable. How much does the course run for an advanced rider training? Like if uh, you're going out to the mountains, because I'd like mountains, to know. <laughs> yeah. I, geez, I should know all these prices, right? Um, <laughs> I think it's around, right around 500 bucks. So it's 500, 500 bucks for the day. And because it's, you got to get yourself up there get a room or go back up, back and forth, whatever you're going to do. Yeah. But we start at about 6.30 in the morning. Ooh. So it's early. Yeah, because traffic, right? If, yes. if the road gets full of traffic, we can't do anything, right? Absolutely. And you're just in gridlock 20 kilometers an hour or whatever because there's just too much going on. So we start quite early in the day. So And the sun gets up early, thank goodness, here in the summer, right? So the sun is up, we get going, it's quiet, and then we can work on and you're hooked up to communication, so the instructor can talk to you as you're going. You can talk to talk to them, you know, with yeah. the Senate systems. So that's nice. So, um, yeah, and then we run that probably like the Mayette. Last year it was closed because of COVID. Yeah. So we had we switched over to Edith Cavell and did some checking out there, which is a really technical road as well. I need to get back one. up there. Yeah, that's it's a great time. We're yeah. out of time for today. Um, okay. but we will have your website and everything listed on the show notes. And of course, when we promote this uh, podcast all over our social media, everything will be there to get in touch with TNT if you're interested in any type of advanced rider training course or any other course that they offer, because there's a few. But I want to thank Chris for his time today and all this information. It was awesome to talk to you again. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, please make sure you follow. If there's a topic that you'd like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on the show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you'll also get more information on motorcycle safety and awareness, or reach out to us through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. See you out on the road.